In my intentional template, every single week I review my personal KPIs, which involves my faith, my family, my mental health, my kids, like it's all there. So I'm having that one-on-one like we do with our bosses or our employees saying, hey, did you hit these sales metrics? Like, hey, how many nights a week were you engaged at family dinner time? I'm literally rating myself and I know based on the template and I'll share it with you guys. When I go over to the goal, because we might think, oh, it's one night of dinner, but we know that those nights of dinner add up to positive relationships with our kids. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make. But you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Today, we have a remarkable guest with us, Lindsay Hancock, a seasoned business consultant whose journey has taken her on a fascinating path of self-discovery and empowerment. Lindsay has spent over a decade providing strategic services to Fortune 500 clients on both national and international levels. But her story doesn't end there. Lindsay's true passion emerged when she embarked on a mission to empower ambitious working moms to attain the same inner success that she has enabled her corporate clients to achieve. Lindsay shares her incredible journey of refining her business acumen through mentorship and strategic thinking, leading to the creation of multiple successful ventures. Yet it was the pursuit of business growth alongside family life that led to a pivotal realization. Her priorities were out of alignment. This awakening prompted Lindsay to redefine her life's mission and vision, drawing parallels between personal goals and business key performance indicators. Lindsay underscores the importance of setting clear, measurable objectives in both realms. She emphasizes the need for a personalized parenting blueprint, especially for those whose work or life circumstances have led them away from intentional parenting. Throughout our conversation, You'll gain insights into the importance of having a personal life strategy alongside a business strategy, why Lindsay prefers the term work-life strategy over work-life balance, and the significance of making intentional decisions based on a well-defined vision and strategy. We'll also explore understanding personal strengths and parenting styles, the value of strong parent-child connections, and so much more. As Lindsay Hancock reminds us, when you're successful at home, your businesses take off. So join us on this journey of parenting and entrepreneurship and discover how to prioritize family even in the face of financial losses. All right, guys, welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. And I am here today with Lindsay Hancock. And Lindsay uh, has been someone that I actually met at Funnel Hacking Live this last year for the very first time. And this woman lights up any room that she is in. Um, it has just been so amazing. I just remember the first time I met her, I was like, this lady is different. There's something really, truly uniquely different about her. And I have had the pleasure of getting to know her and learn more about all the businesses and things that she has, what she has accomplished and what she has done in her life just truly blows me away. And so I have the awesome opportunity to share Lindsay with you. And I, I'm just so excited. So Lindsay, thank you for coming on. And I'm just so excited that you're here. Oh, you are sweet. And now I'm like blushing. I didn't even need to wear a blush, girl, because I'm blushing. You are so sweet. And what an incredible compliment from an incredible woman. Oh, well, I'm, you know, it's true. 
Every bit of it's true. I, I try not to ever blow smoke, but I still remember you sat down next to me. I was sitting in the floor and Russell was doing some presentation and you sat down right next to me and you just every, I was like, wow, this woman like gets it. She's so on it. And so that's why I'm so excited to share you with everybody here uh, because we're going to be diving into parenting and and also too, just this journey that we're on as entrepreneurs to make sure that we are living the way that we want to be living. And, and that includes building these successful businesses online, but also having everything, you know, uh, how we want it at home. So again, thank you so much for coming. But what I'd, what I'd love to do, because your story is so amazing, I would love it, Lindsay, if you don't mind just sharing the story of how you got to where you are, because you're launching a brand new business and you have built multiple million dollar businesses. You've done these high-end consulting, like crazy high-end consulting. And through it all, you've learned some major lessons that I think that we can all grow and learn from. Do you mind sharing your story? Yes, I would love to. So I um, started out as a chef, actually. Went to culinary school and worked as a chef for years and actually ended up in Singapore. So my company, um, I was working for a billion-dollar food organization, and they needed to open an office in Asia Pacific. And I was newly married and just kind of jumped at the opportunity and was a little bit shocked that my company chose me because I had no business background. But I was a really hard worker and thought, I can figure this out. So they send me over to Asia. I was employee number one. And I think it was kind of like, hey, you'll be a placeholder. You'll be able to get us an office. And then we'll hire somebody that has experience. And I just wanted to prove, no, I can do it. And so I really just hit the ground running. And I didn't know anything about business, marketing, strategy. And so I would leverage these um, experts. And I'm like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I just have to do what the experts do. So I got a bunch of different mentors. Like when we would open a new market, I'm like, I don't know how to do international sales. So I found a guy that was really good at international sales and said, Hey, Tony, can you teach me how to do international sales and marketing and everything? And so I would just learn and replicate. And I think because I was so young in the industry and green and female, I had so many people that just took me under their wing and they're like, I will teach you. I will show you. And I would just do whatever they said. So the really cool thing is I learned from all of these amazing people and I watched them over the years and I'm like, I want to be this person. I want to be like them. And they they accomplish these incredible things in their careers. I mean, I have been mentored by CEOs, CFOs of Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies that were over in Asia launching, you know, Asia Pacific Facebook or these incredible roles. And I would take these people and um, just try to emulate everything they were doing. And it was really interesting because fast forward, I had one mentor, Rohan Thakur, that is incredible. And he taught me a lot about strategy. And anyway, so I started applying this strategic framework that he taught me how to leverage. And I just, after, you know, we decided that I wanted to kind of take a backseat in my career and I wanted to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so I did that and loved it. And then we had some investors that approached us about something and said, Hey, would you help us? And I'm like, I don't know how to run that kind of a business, but I know how to do strategy. Like, And we would literally take this one-page template and just map out the strategy for a business. And so my husband and I started doing this and we started um, building businesses. And you guys, I am telling you, I have no MBA, no business degree, but I had a strategy. 
And so everything I did, I would just apply to this simple um, framework. In fact, Stephanie, I don't know how, but I'm, I would be happy to share it with your audience because it's very simple. That'd be amazing. Keep it simple. And you keep this strategic framework that it's literally just do this next and this next. So we started growing several businesses and we had one business in particular that so we're a consultant for retailers and we had one retailer approach us and they said, Lindsay, we want you to bring bath bombs into our stores. And this was, you know, five to seven years ago, bath bombs were not as big of a thing. And I said, yeah, we can go find you some bath bombs. So I was looking for anybody in the industry that was doing unique bath bombs that we could sell at a price point for our audience that our audience would like. And I couldn't really find anybody that was doing it. And so I said, well, I have a strategy. Why don't we build a bath bomb business? We presented it to the retailer. And and this is a retailer that has, you know, 2,500 stores across the US. And they said, we just presented this idea. And they said, we love it. We want to put you in one store in one month. And I'm like, wait a minute. All I have is the strategy. I don't have a manufacturer. I don't have product. I don't have pricing. And they said, well, we'll give you one store if you can get it together. And so we thought, okay, we'll try it. I have a strategy. We built out a strategy. Anyway, long story short, we built that business from zero to 140 stores in nine months. Oh my gosh. It was bananas. Like we, I would just hire anybody in my neighborhood or my church congregation. I'm like, you know, I had a friend and she's like, well, I studied public health. I'm like, sounds like you'd make a great operations director. You're hired. And we would just, we had to grow so quickly that it was all hands on deck. And we had a really amazing, anyway, it was most businesses you guys know, don't grow that fast. There was so much luck involved and good timing. And anyway, we were growing so quickly. They were doing quarter of a million dollar purchase orders every month. And we were just running to keep up. Wow. And we had some investors that wanted to invest in this company. And I was so relieved because I told my board, I can run this company, but I need true C-suite executives if we're going to go to all 2,500 stores. And, you know, we can't, we can't be, we need, we need a true executive level team. And so this investor, that's what they were going to bring on is, um, hey, we'll buy out so much of the company. We'll bring that C-suite team. And the deal was, Lindsay, you had to run, run and be the CEO for one full year. And I thought, no problem. I can do that. But mind you, we were running several other businesses. And at the time, I had a brand new baby. Penny was like three months old. And I had a two and a half year old at home. And my husband was a full-time stay-at-home dad. But I'm like, I can be the CEO for one year for this business, get it on track. And then, you know, and, and I'll still be able to maintain majority equity and everything. So it was beautiful. They were kind of drafting up the final contract and they said, Hey, well, we just want you to come and present the strategy to us in the morning. We'll start plugging in people and everything. So I went home that night and I was working late on the strategy. And I woke up that morning at like five. I had just nursed Penny and I, I'm working and I have two. I had a board meeting that day with one other company I was running and then this company. And I had the two strategies on my table and I heard my two and a half year old Lola like wrestle in her bed. My office was right next to her bedroom and I could just hear her kind of, I thought she was waking up and I'm like cranking out these strategies. I have like, I just got done nursing. I'm exhausted. And I hear her and I just have this overwhelming sense of anger come over me. And I was like, ah, she's up. I can't believe she's up. It's five in the morning. Like I can't do this. 
And I was so angry and I'm looking down at the strategies for both of these companies. And I just, I had this thought overcome me. If I didn't have kids, I could grow this to a $10 million company in six months. And you guys, it, that broke me because we struggled with fertility. We wanted kids for so long before we could have them. And I realized it was this moment in time when I realized you are headed down the wrong path. And the sad thing is so many of my mentors, I have amazing mentors that have, you know, been able to strategize all everything. Rohan was one of them, but I have so many mentors also that achieved incredible success in their careers, but they've lost their faith. They've lost their family and they truly don't seem happy. Mm. And I realized at that moment, when your heart desires something that is not congruent with what your soul wants, I, I just, I lost it. I dropped down to my knees and I prayed and I, I, I just remember feeling so helpless and lost. And the hard thing was I couldn't just back out of this. I was employing so many friends, neighbors, people from my church congregation. I had investors. I had, I had one of my major retail clients. I couldn't just walk away and say, sorry, we're not going to do shipping for 140 stores. So I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and thinking I'm, I am locked. And I don't know if if you guys that are listening, if you've ever felt that way, that Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is hard and it's exhausting and it's overwhelming. And I just thought there's no way out. And I remember praying and I got back up and thought, I have to act like, I don't know how I'm going to get an answer to this. And I remember wiping away the tears and looking down on my desk and there were the two strategies for my companies and very clearly laid out is like mission, vision, where are you headed? And we were headed to hit 10 million. And I looked at that and thought, this is a, this is a plan for everything for the next five years for both two of these companies. And nowhere on here is my relationship with my kids. Mm. Nowhere on here is my relationship with my husband Nowhere on here, it, you know, and it's hard because I remember thinking like, surely if I work for this and, and run this company for one more year, Penny's a baby. Like she's not going to remember the first year of her life. And Lola's two and a half. Like I have the next 20 years with them. But I remember one of my mentors asked me, Lindsay, what would you pay to get an extra year of your kid's life? Mm. And I remember it would be well over, you know, what this company was going to pay me. and. So we, we decided to just walk away. So I went to my retailer and I said, I will fulfill up until Easter, you know, we'll fulfill the next product. I had to let 15 women, we had 15 women working on a line. Mm. I had all of these, like, and they were working several shifts. I had to go to my manufacturer and tell them that we were closing the business. I had to tell the investors. I, it was so hard. And I remember thinking, we could literally lose everything. The retailer we consulted for. So I thought they're surely going to fire me for this other business. But I just remember looking at my babies thinking, but what if I do take it and I'm gone one more year? And yeah. and it just wasn't, I didn't want my life to end up like those mentors that had destroyed everything, but were the CEO or CFO of a Fortune 50 company. So I realized at that moment, sorry, the story is really long, but I no, realized so good. that. I realized at that moment, Lindsay, you have strategies to run business and you know that if you apply strategy to your business, you'll be successful. We've never had a business not be successful when we apply the principles of strategy to it. You've never done this for your life. 
Mm. So I got out a brand new piece of paper and I wrote like, what is my mission for my life? What is my vision for my life? Right. And that involves everything. I love business. I don't want to walk away from all business. Right. But I needed to select the businesses that would allow me to live the life that I wanted. Mm -mm. And so I I came up with like these pillars of purpose, just like you would in your business where you say, Hey, we're going to do, you know, manufacturing and online sales. And like, these are a major, major, big picture objectives. I needed that for my life. So faith, what does that actually look like? Like we're going to define it and create concrete crystal clear goals that will lead you in 10 years from now to the faith that you want. What is your relationship in your marriage look like 10 years from now? If you don't come up with a roadmap saying, I want to be as madly in love with Ben as when we were first dating, then it doesn't have marriage takes yes. so much work. Like, but you have to map out a plan for it. And the same thing with my kids. If I just said, Oh, well, I'll wait to talk to them. I love the saying, if you don't talk to your kids when they're little about little things, they're not going to talk to you about big things when they're big. That's so and true. So, I had to like come up with a strategy. What do I want my relationship with my kids to be like 10 years from now? Well, we have to start sowing those seeds, those tiny little seeds now. You know, and so I did that for everything in my life and it just changed the way I did everything. I said no to so many of the businesses we were running, reinvested in the ones that were fulfilling me and fueling me and allowed me to have like that personal life that I wanted. And just amazing things have happened. So yeah, since then, I've realized so many successful entrepreneurs have strategies for their business, but they don't for their personal life. And it's devastating when one takes over the other. Yes. And I I think that's because, you know, all the mentors and, and all of the stuff that we have in our faces all the time are always talking about your business strategy. What is this going to look like? How is that going to look? And then ultimately... We think, okay, yeah, and where where your attention goes, your focus goes, right? Or flows, yes. right? And yes. so whenever that's there, then of course, if your attention goes over here, then what is happening to the attention that's at home? And we I think we sometimes we just get on like a passive mode or we're just we're just floating by. And it's like we're we're there for dinner, yes, but are we there for dinner? Are we thinking how we're going to strategically um, connect with our kids and really leave the legacy that we want to intentionally leave in our kids' lives and set them up for success and help them to be healthy individuals? And a lot of times there's just not many people that uh, are giving guidance around that. And and there's just no, no true blue playbook for that necessarily because it has to be very individual. We have to all figure out what is going to work for our family for who we are and then who our children are furthermore, right? Because they're yes. all so different. I have four kids yes. and all of them are so different. Um, but I want to circle back around to something that I love that you're so vulnerable about because I know that I would I would guarantee that the majority of all entrepreneurs that have children have probably felt at some moment where you're agitated at your children because you can't work. Like, Yes. Especially whenever you're talking about coming from, you know, struggling with infertility, and then you finally have these babies, these humans, and then the struggle, the back and forth there of like, oh, I could just do this thing if if they weren't bothering me, if they didn't need me, right? But then it's like, gosh, what the heck am I even thinking? Yes. Right? And it's hard because I I hate the term work-life balance because it it puts this image in my mind of somebody walking on a tightrope. They're literally trying not to drop something mm-hmm. that for me, balance implies that you're waiting for something to drop. 
Whereas work-life strategy is like build a, be so intentional and build a plan for both where both can succeed. And you still have to make a decision and you still have to like, by walking away from that bath bomb company, we, I mean, we literally lost so much money that year. I still have a semi truck full of bath bombs. If anybody here wants a bath bomb, Hey, you just come and find me and you just, I will fill up your car with bath bombs. Like it was hard and it was not the smartest financial sense or business sense, but I knew that by saying yes to that, I was saying no to family mm. and you have to build a strategy for both. And just like you said, it's hard when, you know, you're at dinner and your family's at you, you know, when you're not there, mm-hmm. but just like if you're in a business meeting and you're not hitting your KPIs, Like we have to have individual KPIs for ourselves and say, what does being an engaged parent actually look like? Yeah. And create specific and measurable goals. Like I, in my intentional template, every single week I review my personal KPIs, which involves my faith, my family, my mental health, my kids, like it's all there. So I I'm having that one-on-one like we do with our bosses or our employees saying, Hey, did you hit these sales metrics? Like, hey, how many nights a week were you engaged at family dinner time? I'm literally rating myself. And I know based on the template, and I'll share it with you guys when I go over to the goal, because we might think, oh, it's one night of dinner. But we know that those nights of dinner add up to positive relationships with our kids. Yes. And I know if I'm not hitting those numbers, well, I'm not going to end up with a positive relationship with my eight year old when she's 18. If I have not, you know, sow those seeds of conversation and love and connection. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say that because one of the biggest revelations I think for me was when my oldest, I think he was about, um, I don't know, he was 15. He's now 21. And what I I know it's crazy. It flies so fast. Um, But the crazy thing was that whenever I looked back at when he was little there, well, when all of them were little, it, there was so much investment, so much time investment, because at the time I was homeschooling and I just, I poured into them. Like, I mean, we did science experiments and this and that, and we did fun things. And I just think back on all the things that we did together. And, you know, now that they're a little bit older, they don't remember a lot of it. Like they don't remember a lot of the things I did. And, and at the very beginning of my realization of this, I kind of felt a little bit of like, almost not resentment, but like, wow, really? Like, oh, I would be resentful. I that's you're better than me. Cause I would be mad. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing though. It was like, I really just felt like God spoke to my heart. And, and the reality is, is that in those moments, it's almost like it's, I don't have a word for it yet, but almost like the shadow years or the, you don't want to call it the shadow or the dark years, but it's, it's the, almost like these unseen where you're doing this deep work with your kids that you know, you may or may not realize it, but it matters. Even if they're not going to remember when they're 18 years old, that you stayed up that night and talked to them for three hours about, you know, why the sky is blue and does God exist? And are my toes the wrong shape? And like all the crazy things where you, you, you did the intentional work, you were there, but in those moments, even if they can't remember back to the sacrifices and the things you were intentional about, it built who they became. Right. And so, like, it is such good work to go to the deep places and the sacrificings, even if we're not going to get that little checkbox. You know, like, there was something I did 
a time frame with my second oldest, and he was recounting to me what he remembered from this time frame. And it was completely different from what actually happened. And I was like, whoa, hold the phone, hold the freaking phone. That is not what happened. And this is how it went down. And this is what your father did. This is what I did. This is how he was like, whoa, I don't, that's not what I remember at all. That's not how I experienced it. And I was like, oh my gosh. So furthermore, you're not going to remember it. You can remember it wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But they, but to give validation, he had his own experience and was seeing through his own little kid lenses. Right. And so there's so many things that could discourage us from recognizing the power of the work that we're doing when they're little. And I think it's just so vitally important for us to remember that every single thing you do, like you're talking about these KPIs with showing up for dinner, like it may not be that you check off some box at the end and your kids like validate all the time you put in, but you see it in their character. You see it in how healthy they show up in the world. You see it in the fact that they do pick up the phone and they call you and they want to talk to you because they value your input. And it, it is directly correlatable to what, what, what did you do as they were growing up? And, And if we don't sow those seeds when they're really young, we don't get to reap that whenever they're tweens and teens and young adults. Right. So I think that's phenomenal. I love the the idea, I never actually thought about quantifying uh, times we had dinner together, but that's really cool thought though. I love that so much. And I think that there's so much value in that and like really mapping out intentionally that time. So, and and Lindsay, talk to me about this too, though. So once you were in that position and you, you felt that, you know, like you drew a hard line in the sand and you were like, that is not who I will be. I will be this person. What did that look like as you circled back around and the and the business was, you know, you were no longer going to be in that business? Like, were there moments where you you struggled in that? Like, as far as like what in the world is happening? And and then furthermore, how did you feel with your girls whenever you were able to to tap in and tap back in per se and and really just dive in with them? Yeah, I think, you know, once I made that decision, it's kind of like in business, right? When you're when you're growing a business and you're like, okay, this is what the end goal I want to have happen, whether it's a merger acquisition, make an impact, right? You kind of have that, that vision, right? So this is what we want to do. And this is what we want to accomplish. And it's the same with your personal life and your kids, right? So I, I made that decision. I mean, it was hard. It was hard sitting across from my buyers saying, and they're like, you have got to be kidding me. Like we literally handed you this business and but I, I'd already made the decision and I knew because I had mapped it out, right? I mapped out what, what would happen. Maybe if I did just step away for a, a year or, but I knew because m- so many of my mentors that have done that, I've seen them since and they're not happy. And, you know, and so I, I already knew like, this is what the vision I'm aiming for. And then when you build out the strategy, how to get there and the roadmap to get there is a lot easier once you decide mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And it's the same with my girls, right? When we when we map out and and they have their own little intentional living templates, right? That they fill out. And even for this summer, my eight-year-old's like, hey, mom, I want to do this and this and this and this. And cool, we can do all that. Let's plug it in. Where does it fit? And you know, how are we tying goals to it? And but I think it's just that being intentional and coming up with a strategy, which is nothing. I think people throw around the word strategy, but what does that mean? right? What is your mission? And you figure that out by what's your identity and your purpose? What are your core values? And then what's your vision? Where do you want to get to? 
And if you can figure that out in your parenting, in your faith, in your mental health, then coming up with those KPIs and everybody's is so different. Even as I say, like dinner, I have some friends and they're like, well, I'm a good mom. If I play with my kids, if I play with Barbies on the floor, or I'm a good mom, if, and I, it's so individual. And you said, Stephanie, it's not like we have a blueprint, go use that strategy template and build your own blueprint and say, for me, being a successful parent is this, and I'm going to jot it down, but it makes the decision so much easier that when somebody calls and says, Hey, I want you to be on this TV show, but it's going to be these three days. And I'm realizing that's over my anniversary and my kid's birthday. And and again, everybody's different. Some people might say yes to that. My husband would be like, I literally could not care less if you miss our anniversary. We'll do it another, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's being intentional and deciding what success looks like for you individually. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events, testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar, and my kids decorated it, and that's where we put all of our questions, and that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. So Lindsay, talk to the people who might be listening that are like, gosh, Lindsay, I'm, I'm far gone from that. You know, I've, I've been wrapped up in a busy season in my business and I haven't been intentional and what you're talking about feels so far away. You know, I I picture like, you know, being able to see something off in the horizon, like a oasis or whatever, but like, you can't quite visualize it fully in detail. And I know so many entrepreneurs uh, get to that spot where things are just crazy. And it doesn't, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur to get to that spot where life can just take over and you feel like you're far away from, from that intentionality. What, what would be your thoughts for them? First of all, um, it is not your fault. Like this world that we are in, every business mentor I've had, which is why I've, I've started um, just I don't even know if you want to call it mentoring others, but I'm like, we need coaches, mentors that help us see that it's not just about business because I hear so many um, business mentors that are like, no, go balls to the wall and throw everything into your business. And, you know, all of the, and I'm like, oh yeah, that might get you to a hundred million dollars, but is it worth it? So I would, first of all, say it is not your fault. Like everything around us Um, and we live in such a siloed world where people are trying to become the expert in whatever their niche is that they're like, do this and nothing but this. And 
eat, drink and breathe this. And then there's, there's no room for balance. There's no room for work and personal life. Um, so it's not your fault. And, um, I I've been there. Right. And I think the first step always is acknowledging, wow, this isn't, this is imbalanced. This is not healthy. This is not where I want to end up. And I love to just play the road of where is it that you want to end up? I love the Cheshire cat tells Alice in the Wonderland, like, well, where do you want to go? I can't tell you which way to go until you tell me where you want to go. And she's like, well, I don't know. Well, then it doesn't matter which way you take. Mm -hmm. The first step is realizing like, where do I actually want to be? And the hard thing is Steph, I'll be honest. I love business. And part of me is like, I, I don't want to be a full-time stay at home mom. Like I'm not cut out for that. It's my husband is cut out for that work. He's an amazing (laughs) parent. I am not good at like the everyday little, little by little showing up in the, like, I'm like, I am an awesome work is done. We're going to go play hard mom. And, you know, but I think for me, I had to dive deep into who I was and realize what my personal, what my personal purpose was, what my personal strengths were just like in a business. You have to figure out what your assets are first and like, what am I good at that I can contribute to the world? And I learned, I'm not the most like steady, like turtle parent. You know what I mean? Like yes. turtle showing up every in like all these, that is my husband. He is steady. And anyway, so I think it's figuring out who you are and but yeah, I would say don't don't feel guilty. The fact that you are realizing that now, everybody can change. And that's the other thing I love about parenting. Our kids are so forgiving. Mm-hmm. You, I I went to therapy and I was I had yelled at my kids that day and I felt so guilty. And I thought good parents don't yell. Oh. And I I I mean I like mean screamed at my kids and. I felt horrible. And I realized I, I'm like a really passionate, energetic, high energy person. The the fact of me never screaming is probably never going to (laughs) happen. And I realized that day, I can't be the mom that's never going to yell, but you know what? I I can be the mom that repents and asks for forgiveness so quickly. So I yell often. And then I get down on my knees and take my little six-year-old by the face and say, I am so sorry. I lost my temper. I have a really big temper, don't I? And, and I actually do this more with my eight-year-old because her temperament is a lot more like mine. And I just say, I am so sorry. I lost my cool. I am so grateful that, you know, and I, I mean, some people listening to this would probably like that's child yelling is child abuse. Right. And so they're going to have a different viewpoint. (laughs) I'm, you know, yes, I agree. We should not yell, but I can tell my kids, I am so sorry. I lost my temper. Yes. Thank you so much for forgiving me. And thank you for letting me show up and, and giving me that grace. And, and I realize it's helped my little eight-year-old because she's not never going to yell either. You know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And it's so true. It gives, whenever we show up and we're willing to be imperfect in front of our children, it gives them permission to realize that there isn't an expectation for them to be perfect either. And that we can ask for forgiveness and we can move forward and we can be better the next day. And, and that's a part of the journey. Right. And so I think that is so powerful. And the cool thing is actually the yelling. And now that I'm reflecting back on that, I don't know the last time I like ugly screamed at my kids. Yeah. I don't have to be perfect and walk around on eggshells. Like, Oh, and that now when I get mad, I'm like, that was really annoying. You know? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, whenever we're talking about these awesome changes that you decided to make in your life and in your business, it all kind of comes from our ideals around who we want to be and and what makes Lindsay a good mother. 
And so I wonder if you could reflect for a minute and think on, you know, whenever you think about being a good mother to your girls, what is the number one thing that comes up for you? So I know because I have this in like my goals is to raise girls who know that they are loved. Number one, like if, if I fail everything else and they know that they were loved, then I win. Number two is that they know who they are. Mm. And that they know that you have, they have a unique, you, they have unique value, worth, and purpose in this life. If everything else fails, like I am not going to show up to um, the Halloween party at school. I am terrible at bringing snacks to the soccer game. Same. I am terrible Same. at like all of these things. I'm like, I, I can't show up in that way. Actually, I'm good at the snacks. I'm not good at like being the assistant soccer coach. But for me, So then all of my goals with my kids go back to that. Is it so every single month and every year I map out how can I help raise my girls to know that they are loved and know who they are and know what their unique value, worth, and purpose is. Mm. And then all of my everything I'm doing, and I can ask myself, right? When I start to feel that mom guilt, because I have amazing friends who are amazing mothers and they're like, doing paper mache holiday <laughs> crafts and my daughter loves holidays and I'm like I literally I we still have a Christmas decoration up a St. Patrick's Day be- decoration and eat <laughs> I'm so bad at that and that is okay and that's okay because I realize we get so overwhelmed we live in social media where we're seeing these great representations of amazing mothers and parents and we're like crap I'm terrible at that mm. but what makes a good mother to me is very different from you, Stephanie, because we have different kids and we're different. Yes. And so we have to define what success looks like. That's number one. Start by defining what success looks like. And you know what I love the most, so Lindsay, is that like I asked that question to you and I've asked it to a couple people on the podcast so far and genuinely have to think for a little bit. I'm prepared to like, okay, let's give them a minute to think about that. But there was no hesitation there, Lindsay, because you've already done the work, yeah. you know, and it's because of the framework that you have set up to have a strategy for your parenting role. And I think that is just so stinking powerful, so powerful. And and you said you have something that you want to give for the people who are listening, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll, I need to, it's funny. I'm like, let me go build a funnel and I'll just put it in so that you can get access to it. But I truly could send you the Google doc. Um, yeah, that would be it's, awesome. It, it's so simple that figure out what your mission is what your vision for the end of your life in all aspects. And we call them pillars of purpose. So like it could be family, it could be business, it could be your mental health, it could be relationships, but you figure out what those big pillars of purpose are. And then you come up with your goals and you have to define the big hairy audacious goal that like, I want to have, I want to have at the end of my life where my kids still, they, they want to come home and visit and they want you know, but it's like mapped out. And so to do that, what are the little things that I have to do? And it's just so clear. And it makes it it makes it easy and actually not overwhelming because mm. when when you do have a bad day or when things don't go well, or when you see other parents that are doing a million things, you're like, but I already know what I'm working towards. I know what I'm working with. And I- I'm chipping away at this one yeah. one bite at a time. Oh, I love that so much. So I always want to come back around to technology in the home because. I know that people who are listening, that is one of their concerns and your girls are young, six and eight, right? Yes. And so um, what what have you guys been doing so far with your girls and technology? Yeah. So I have, um, I am not as tech savvy as you, Stephanie, but I, I think 
one of my core values is like faith in the good, right? There for every tool that comes out for every, like there is so much good that it can be used for. Yes. And I think if we can keep that in mind, I think so many parents are like, let's just shut down all technology and create hermits of our kids. And it just doesn't work right? They're using technology at school and they're going to see it at friends' houses. So if we can arm our kids with the right tools, and this is where I love what you're doing because I'm, I I don't have, I don't have the arsenal, right? I'm like, let's just, I can't wait for all the stuff that you come out and create. Cause I'm like, we're just going to adopt that. Like, but, but I think we've just started talking to our kids about it. And, and because, you know, I've told you about the ugly yelling and my kids know I'm not perfect. And I tell them all the time, girls, I'm just trying to figure this out. Just like you're trying to figure out life, but we can do this together. And so we have the, you know, there are a couple of books that we've talked about that we love. Good pictures, bad pictures is great for a young age. And we mm-hmm. talk to our kids about, you're going to see things on devices. And even, you know, my little girl and she, she, like we, we went to Vegas. I had a work trip and she came with me and she does not like Vegas. She's like, it's just mom. It's 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 too much for her little brain. And, but anyway, with technology, we've talked about there are bad pictures that are going to come up. And when they do, you talk to a parent about them and you, you might feel icky, gross. You might be really excited. You might be like, this is awesome. I loved what I saw, but just talk to us. And, um, and we've already experienced that. My daughter will say, you know, it was really cute. Actually the other day she said, well, I saw dad, mom, daddy was looking at something. I don't think he should have been. And I was like, oh no. So I was talking to her and she told me, and it was like the backside of a guy. And it was a funny butt joke. My husband thinks butts are hilarious. <laughs> and she's like, but he looked at it for a long time. And my husband's dyslexic. And so he was like trying to read the text. Anyway, it's so funny. But I'm like, good. That's we're, we're a family. And we, we open up when there's something that's concerning that, you know, anyway. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That is so good. So currently yeah. do, do your kids, do they have access to devices like iPads or iPhones or something like that? Yes. So we, um, during the summer, so my girls are in a Spanish dual immersion program and I don't speak Spanish and neither does my husband. So we have them, they get dual lingo. So they have to, my girls love watching the iPad, right? They love watching shows and we don't have TVs in our main area. And so where we watch shows is our iPad. Um, but before they get access to that, um, and before they watch a show, they have to read, um, read for school. They do a page of their math and then they do their Duolingo and then they can watch the iPad, but they have, they have to get us when they get on it. And also I was telling, um, telling you earlier that if they're like playing a game or something, we're in the same room as them. I just, and, and this is where I would love to lean on you, Stephanie, cause I don't know all of the control, you know, I think we have appropriate controls set up and, but I, I think if we try to be these, this perfectionist, like, oh, nothing bad will ever happen. Our kids are going to be exposed to bad stuff. We already know it. We already are. Mm -hmm. And it's having that safe, trusting relationship with our kids saying, it's okay when bad things happen. It's okay when hard things happen, you know, come and talk to us. And yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I will definitely share with you is screen check workshop. And so I dive into the technology side of that, of making sure you kind of have your bases covered on all of that. So for sure, hundred percent. And I love though, that you're focusing on the connection. Cause I do believe that that is the true, you know, if there's one thing that you should focus on in parenting, it, it is that connection because I believe that um, roles without relationship is going to equate to rebellion. And that can be rebellion yes. of the heart. It can be rebellion in actions. I mean, technically rebellion in actions is a rebellion of the heart, but 
the thing is, is if we do not lean in and continue to have conversations and build connection with our kids, then um, especially once they get to tween and teen years, there's just so many things that as they get, you know, more and more friends and peer groups and our world is changing fast, so fast, can't hardly keep up. And so as it's changing and growing, like it means different things for our kids and the way kids communicate nowadays is just not the same as it was even five years ago. And, and so there's so much our kids are up against. And so it's so important that what they do know, what they do have is that trust in their parent that they can come to them and they can talk to them and that the parent is initiating and being intentional about that time with their kids. And then that way, whenever those things do happen and whenever things get rough with their friends and, and, and they fall into the wrong crowd or, or whatever happens they have you and and that's there and no amount of monitoring software can keep a kid from the stuff that is out there and the things that they can be exposed to. One of my kids had gone over to a friend's house to stay the night. And this is an amazing family, amazing family. And that was the first time that this kid had ever been exposed to some things online that he shouldn't have to see. Yes. And it was just because the kid had found out about this whole world and was like, look what I just, look at this. And like, my kid didn't have a device, right? Yes. Like I was being diligent, but there we are. And so there's so many different circumstances like that. And if the relationship isn't there, then you won't be able to keep their heart. And I think that's what the battle is. The battle I is. Love that. Yeah. Getting your kid's heart and keeping it is is our job as a parent. And so, and it doesn't have to look like anything super insane or crazy. Like a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. Like literally I was talking to someone one time and I was talking about this potato, couch potato theory that I have. And the idea is just to be a couch potato, but it looks like maybe you're putting your kids to bed And instead of like, you know, hugs and kisses, read the book. Okay, we're done. Just linger and just sit there, right? Just sit there. Mm -hmm. And it is the craziest thing what starts to happen and what comes out of your children and the questions and the thoughts they have. And 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 maybe the day was so fast, or maybe they just didn't feel comfortable enough. But nighttime is magical for kids in their brain. And sometimes, you know, especially if you got toddlers, it can be a little more rough because obviously they're tired. You're not going to have the same, same situation here. But Oftentimes, this also looks like in the middle of the day, if your kid is hanging out in their room, go and just sit on their bed with yeah. no expectation, no anything. Just just be chilling. Just be chilling in their room with them and see what happens. Or, or sit in their room and say, hey, what music are you really enjoying right now? Would you play something for me? And just chill. And it, there is just, I can't explain the magic that happens in those times if we'll do that. Now, for of course, if you haven't been doing that and you have a teenager and you awkwardly come into their room, they're probably going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you in here? And it'll take time to establish that. But man, the practice of it is so powerful. And so, you know, it can be- I'm literally simple. taking notes, Stephanie. I love this so yes. much. So it can be just, just linger, just linger a little bit longer, be a couch potato with your kid and you know, it, it, those little bitty things can equate to such a powerful relationship. So I just don't want anybody listening to think, well, oh my gosh, this sounds like a whole like to do, but it's not. It's just like in business. Whenever you start a business, there's a lot of work that goes in the front, especially when you're building a foundation. And what you're talking about, Lindsay, with getting those pillars of purpose and like knowing your mission and all of those things, that's like laying a foundation. 
And then from there, it's about strategically, while in alignment with where that vision is taking you, using the tools you have in your pocket to make sure that you're doing the things that are bringing you closer and closer to that vision. And so, and that can look like a 10 minute talk. It can like the other night after me and my, my 15 year old daughter, we were just sitting down and I pulled out, I was joking around because I had found a pashmina. So, okay. little quick story to, before we wrap it up, but I had this mentor and named Sally Clarkson. I, I would go to her conferences every year and she changed my life completely and totally changed my life. And she used to always say this weird thing that I I didn't know what a pashmina was. And she would say, no matter how horrible my house looked, no matter how many dishes were in the sink or how much laundry wasn't done or how many temper tantrums had been thrown, if I could have a pashmina, a candle and some tea, I could take a little slice of heaven with me anywhere. And that was just her thing. Like I've never been like a tea woman or even a candle person. I'm like, they put off chemicals. I don't want, you know, like, you know, know, so like, um, but, but I was digging through this box and I found this package that I guess I'd never opened. My husband, I think brought it home from some trip and it looked like a scarf and I opened up the scarf or what I thought was a scarf and it has this tag on it and it says pashmina. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, is a scarf a pashmina? And so then I realized and kind of put it all together. And so I got over on the table and I got a candle. I lit a candle and I put the pashmina around the candle and I brewed up some tea. And I was like, Jocelyn, come have tea with me. And I told her about what Sally had said. And we sat down and we were just drinking this really yummy tea. And I pulled out these cards um, that I have that I, I can put a link in the show notes, but just incredible cards. I just found them. They're phenomenal. Like I have my own dinner questions, but these people have done everything I have done, but on steroids and I can't recommend them enough, but we pulled out this little card deck and it's for family. And, uh, you can choose out of four different categories. And we just, we did like five cards and, uh, just read the question and then answered the question. And we laughed so hard. We played around, we learned about each other and we connected. And the whole thing was probably 20 minutes, cards and all. And I cannot tell you that will, and that's the cool thing is like that connection value, it lasts. You know what I mean? I may not be able to connect deeply with her over the next three or four days because we may just be busy. Like my husband's in South Africa right now with my boys. So we're taking care of, I'm taking care of more than normal. And, um, but that deep value, you can, I can tell like, I get more hugs. I, you know, there's more, we have inside jokes now, like that, you know, and all that stuff comes from quality time rather than quantity of time. Yeah. So it's so important for all of us to remember that. But so Lindsay, I love, and I'm so gracious and grateful and thankful for you to be sharing that with everybody. We'll put it in the show notes, but I just want to know, like if people want to connect with you and they, they want to know more about what you're building, cause you have this brand new venture that you're doing right now. So could you tell everybody about that and where they can find out more? Yes. So I am, um, it's interesting because I, I love business. I love running businesses. That's what fuels me. This has been a calling that I felt so drawn to. And I still love, like we'll always invest in businesses and grow businesses, but just this idea that you really can and, and supporting entrepreneurs and business owners and working parents that you can have it all. You have to be very specific about what your all is and then build a strategy to achieve it. And I, I hope that like, I want to show people that you can have both because all of my mentors save a few have lost everything, but have achieved such great careers 
have achieved such great success in their careers. When you look at all of the billionaires out there and most of them are divorced, estranged from their kids. And so I want to show like, no, you can have a very happy family life with kids and be a great parent and also super successful. In fact, when you talked about Stephanie, those connection moments with your kids, and I love the quote, no success can compensate for failure in the home. Mm -hmm. David O. McKay said that. I love it. But I also believe when you have wild success in your home, your businesses take off. Yeah. And we said no to the bath bomb business. And I said, you know what? I'm focusing on my family. Our other business just skyrocketed and it has gone way better than the bath bomb business ever could. And so I think people following, they're like, no, we want success in our business. And you know you can have it all. So my my goal is just how to help people build the strategy for both. Um, you can follow me on social media. I'm more active on Instagram. I'm just kind of starting to build that account. Lindsay L I N D S A Y R A E H A N C O C K. Lindsay Ray Hancock on Instagram. Um, we have a brand new course coming out that helps people build their intentional strategy for their life. It's also super great. We're, we have a business side to it too. Just you need help building out that strategy. And it's, you're right. It doesn't have to be this complicated, hard thing. I would say if people are starting out, figure out what success looks like for you in your business, in your family, in your faith, and like figure out what, start with the vision, right? Without a vision, the people perish, figure out, okay, what do I want? And get wildly creative about like, yeah, I want to make a ton of money because I know that with a ton of money, I can make a ton of impact. But I also want to have this crazy, amazing marriage where Ben and I are just like so madly in love together. And that's amazing. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. And figure out first what you want and then build your plan to go achieve it. But yeah, I will, um, I'll share that template here. If I mean, if you do nothing else, but figure out like, this is what I want my goal to be and then work towards that and do small, simple goals, right? Sometimes in my family, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get through bedtimes without screaming. You know, yes. or other times it's like, yeah, I love that taking time away, you know, with each of your kids and we do date nights with our kids and some weeks they happen and some weeks they don't, but yeah, those little things are so, so powerful. So good. So good. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on and for all the resources that you're giving to everybody. And guys, I just encourage you to go follow Lindsay. She's an inspiration and her strategy of success program is just going to be uh, killer as she's putting it out there. And I mean that like in the best way, I feel like killer doesn't do it justice, but I, I know that as I've heard Lindsay share the vision for this, I, I just hope that everybody tunes in because the way that, you know, the typical marketing is within the marketing realm, at least in the business realm is, you know, like, like she said, it's all like, focus all your energy here, go balls to the wall, like all of that. And in reality, like, Ultimately, you can build a super successful business that way, but what is success to you? Mm-hmm. And if you don't define that, like what Lindsay's program walks you through, then you're kind of walking around blind and you're just listening to people that may not actually understand the core values of who you are and they can't understand it unless you understand it. So check it out. Go see Lindsay, follow Lindsay. And again, thank you so much, uh, Lindsay. And thank you for listening today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. We'll see you next time. Awesome. See ya. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. 
If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it, and you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.